are back on BDFM Reimagined. Hi, Michael. How are you? I got in first today. <laughs> I know. I am good. Do you know what? It's different that the viewers can't see that you can because we're, we're doing this via cam. What do you, what do you notice mm. that's different? Oh, you have a show on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to like say, oh, we should say this, but I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> Why you is that are... a big thing? You've always got no shirt on. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Why do you have a shirt on? I've, um, I'm starting to be civilized, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got like a dom around me somewhere saying, no, this is how you need to act and you need to wear a shirt and you can't wear this. <laughs> no, that, I wish that was the case. But I think I'm just, I will give your screen and eyes a break. <laughs> I think your housemates might have gotten to you as well. That's right. And and also Indy, well done on our probably first ever intro where we didn't make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Now there's pressure that we don't make a mistake. Mm. Ah! Oh yeah. Indy, you have written a common exchange that you've had with some subs. And when you read this to me the other day, I was thinking that there's a lot of referencing going on here. And since we've been talking about archetypes in some of our episodes this season, I thought it'd be good to explore this exchange using archetypes. What do you think? Yeah, Michael, I think that's a great idea. I think a good starting point is what are archetypes? It's a dangerous word for me because it Mm. is very slippery. And it's been used endlessly. And it's actually very hard to get a, a, a definition that makes sense because you can use it in many different contexts. But I think for the purposes of this episode and what we're sort of exploring here, the best definition I can come up with is the personifications of different parts of us, different qualities, different feelings, different thoughts. Yeah, I like that definition. I think it's quite clear. I think it goes right to the point. So to give more of a history, I think Jung was the one who popularized archetypes. And Moore and Gillette, who wrote a book, The Warrior King, Magician Lover, they certainly spread it across the world in a much more accessible way. It's a very um it's a very old book, I think written in the eighties. I'm not a massive fan of it because it is very wishy washy. <laughs> But it definitely kickstarted a conversation around archetypes. And it's actually been filtered through many different types of therapy as ways of talking to clients and giving a new language and new framework to work. People can find it quite useful. So Moore and Gillette, they came up with the warrior, king, magician, lover. Those are, according to them, the most mature forms of the archetypes so if i'm in a in a if i'm in a mood that i want to go out and get things done i can say i'm getting the warrior i I can summon the warrior energy that warrior attitude inside of me to get things done i want to go for a run i'm gonna and i need to have be disciplined i'm gonna go and do that if i have to be put into a context where i need to teach someone about how things are done and help them gain knowledge about the world or themselves, then I would be taking on the magician part of me. 
you as a therapist, um, Indy, you'd probably be doing that quite a lot, the magician archetype, in those sessions. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something that's coming up quite a bit. We also have the lover archetype and the king archetype. I won't go into all of it because it can get pretty, it can go on forever and ever. One more important thing to say about archetypes, and these four in particular, is that there's two important things. The first thing is that they're actually made up of sub-archetypes. So, for example, for the king to be most mature, he has to learn how to wrestle with his tyrannical energies, the part of him that's greedy and selfish, as well as the weakling energies, the part of him that's a bit more cowardice and hesitant. And he has to create, when I say he, we have to create a relationship between those shadow archetypes to fully become the king archetype. So the first thing is that all the archetypes have, and we'll go through some of them in this episode, the ones that we need to, that all the archetypes have different constituents that we need to learn from and cultivate and understand. We can't get rid of them because the second thing is that all these archetypes all these sub-archetypes exist within us at all times. We can't ever just be one. We can't ever mature fully. In fact, you can say maturing into these archetypes is accepting that we have all these different energies, thoughts, feelings in us, and it's about how we regulate, manage, admire, celebrate, tame each of them. Oh, okay. So listeners, we had to actually just stop the episode just then because <laughs> I, had to, I had to ask Michael, what are you even saying? <laughs> we just had about a 20 minute argument about what the hell I just said. Look, I stand for what I just described. but <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I was just saying that if you're going to a lecture at university, this is more third year. And some people are going to be here third year, but I'm first year on archetypes, and I'm just going. <laughs> You're one of those lecturers that just. <laughs> yeah, one of those lecturers that just like just reads it. You you take notes, and I walk away. Yeah, it's one of those ones where I I come out with a furrowed brow. Mm. All good. I think it's good. So, what I was thinking though is, how about we move into the common kind of exchange I have and maybe that'll help us all <laughs> help me <laughs> <laughs> help us uh, get a sense of what we're really getting at sounds good all right so I'm going to get straight into it Michael it starts with slave saying good evening goddess I'm conflicted so I reply good evening slave what is your conflict he says I love to worship dominant women, but I don't like the ritualistic aspects of this. I don't want to disappoint you. So I reply, understood, slave. It's good you are honest. And he says, goddess thinks I've lost it. And I say then, I don't think that at all. It's important to express yourself. He says, I'm just afraid. The goddess has preoccupied my mind. Soon I will be overtaken and consumed. So I say, what makes you afraid, bitch boy? He says, that you'll have total power over me and I'll be thinking of goddess even in my vanilla life. I say, DS is intoxicating. 
you may get into sub-frenzy for a while. He says, I'm afraid of you, goddess. And then I say, I understand. I think your fear is helping you keep good boundaries and has led to this conversation. So here we have an exchange with me that is typical. It comes up. I thought I'd just bring together a few things there. Michael, over to you. Well, firstly, whatever this person is saying, it sounds exactly like the very fears I have when I'm meeting a Dom. Like when I go onto my accounts and I speak to a master, it can be that I get so terrified of being absolutely consumed by that projection that I put onto them and that they, they give off, that persona that they give off. It's terrifying. What, what did he say? I, I fear that I'm... Uh, by the way, I love that page flip. It's so old school. You don't use technology. <laughs> it's very nice. They, he said, um, I'm afraid that I... He says, I'm afraid that I'm going to be overtaken and consumed. This is just the common things I'm hearing. Mm. I'm afraid that I'll only ever think of you in my vanilla life. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I mean, this is touching on that limerence stuff that we were speaking about in, other, in a previous episode. Yeah, no, I completely get it. And yeah, oh God, there's a lot going on there. I just want to say, first and foremost, well done, Indy. You really stepped up into a mature dom here. You look on. Yeah, woo. Actually, do you, this is a classic therapist trick. Do you know why I could be saying that? <laughs> <laughs> You're using therapy on me? <laughs> That's right. Why and you've you actually think? just said... <laughs> you've actually just said exactly what I would say. Yeah. Why do you think that you you did well in this situation? <laughs> Sorry, okay, I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, I <laughs> I think what's going on is that I was quite mature and he was clearly very vulnerable. And the m- men who I speak to in this state of mind feel very freaked out. And so I was steady, I was reasoned, I was reassuring. I was able to help him feel like his fears were understandable, but at the same time, actually, they were unfounded for reasons I could get into. Well, why unfounded then? Because his fear is actually helping. It's it's a healthy signal that helps him keep good boundaries. So keep that fear going. I think that I flipped it around to be he's freaking out. And so this is what happens. They freak out and then they are all worried. And then I just say, well, actually use your worry then to help you keep the good boundaries that you need to keep as you go through this dynamic because your fear and your worry are actually there to help you know when you need to step away or you need to have a break or uh, you, you need to step back. What I fear as a sub is, so I, I take that advice on, I think, okay, I, I have boundaries, but what I find is that my boundaries slip. Like I think, okay, I'm going to speak to this dom only tonight or only only uh, once a day. And then that's my worry telling me what I'm comfortable with. But I find myself stepping over that and thinking, and, and then finding myself messaging the dom insistently or always reply back. So I think in the state, like that many subs fear is, Okay, I have boundaries. I don't. Want, I only want to send. I only want to. 
uh, visit them once a week. But many, including myself, many subs end up sending, I mean, I didn't send money, but I've seen subs end up sending more than they want to and obsessing more. What do you say to that, Indy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I mentioned is that I said that you may well get into sub frenzy for a while. What I mean by that is that entering into these dynamics, as a sub, you will be frenzied. You'll be exactly what you're describing. You'll be wrestling with yourself. There's that big wanting to approach part of you, and it's feeling like there's this train of momentum going towards the dominant. And then there's that hesitant part of you, and that's the healthy part of you that's saying, let me just step back. And so in the sub-frenzy, you're wrestling with all of that. And that's okay. That's just what's going on. There's no right or wrong about that. You might be trying to keep a boundary but not being able to, and that's part of sub-frenzy. And what I'm doing as the dominant is I'm holding that. And I think that this is, coming back to those archetypal frameworks, this is the magician archetype of you which is coming out. It's a parental sort of educating the sub you know this is what you might be feeling this is how we deal with this this is what is going to happen or could happen and this is what you need to do so you are actually taking on that form to really help the submissive through this this frenzy as compared to other doms which can be more of a tyrant which is like ha 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 look at you struggling you'll never rid me of your mind i'm you know there's no point in even trying you know i I just you always want to give more and send more this is just who you are that's that's a reality Mm. that many subs go through have you firstly have you ever done that and i'm not there's no moralizing here because we we're wrestling with these parts of us but have you ever done that to a sub yeah michael so as you were even just saying that i felt tensed up and thought, no, no, Uh, I, so in answer to your question, no, I haven't done that. And I feel as though it really is um, playing around with the vulnerabilities of a submissive. There's something about that that just feels so wrong for me personally. Yeah. I mean, like for me, I, in that frenzy, if I meet a dom that's caring I, I do like, I really appreciate it. And, and sometimes I can stick to this, but then I go for, I actually seek those really nasty, quote, nasty doms that are just like, haha, this is exactly where you need to be and you're forever mine. And there's something so intoxicating about that, which I absolutely love, um, that tyrannical energy. But I'm really impressed with how you, work with the situation because I think I think this is a very helpful thing for subs. See, in that exchange you presented as the saddest. That's how he was attracted to you because you you would see yourself as, a, well, you have saddest ten- tendencies, is that right? Yeah, I do have sadist tendencies and importantly this kind of conversation will come up with someone who I've initially started speaking with and I'm very blunt. I, I've got very harsh language that I use from the get-go. And that presentation really attracts me. 
if I message a guy and he says, uh, you know, what's up, faggot? Like that presentation of that really hard, tyrannical, bully kind of uh, really excites me and arouses me. And it's what I think I want. But ultimately, I think what I need, and I'm, oh, this is a big step in deep, what I think many of us need, many of us need, is we actually need more of those magician qualities, which is a dom or a person who understands what triggers me, understands what excites me, and that is harsh language. It's that persona of the bully. But then slowly over time, actually takes care of me in some of the ways that you were describing. Teaches me that my fears are unfounded or that my fears are okay and normal and that slowly over time, you will develop enough trust and a safety to really submit yourself. And I think the approach that you're taking is something which I, I, I admire. I admire. And what usually happens with this, well, what's tended to happen is that one of two things, I then don't really hear from the sub again. And I don't, I don't know what happens. They, Maybe they climax. The... <laughs> <laughs> low. <laughs> That's what happens. Trust me. Sorry. So one thing is that... <laughs> Yeah, I might never hear from them again. Oh, yeah, and that's happened plenty of times, but not in this kind of exchange because this is a vulnerable, I'm really scared of you. I don't know what you're going to do to me. So when I have this approach of the magician, i.e., here you go, this is, I think, what's going on, this is what you can expect, maybe they're turned off by that. Maybe that more caring side that comes through is, like you say, not that really harsh kind of you fuck face. Of course you feel that way type of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe it drops off the the dynamic. But what, what the other thing that happens is that they do come back because I think that this is a very conflicted state. It's a very scared state of mind. And so they just need some time to sort it out in themselves. And the pull is enough and the gravity is there that they want to talk to me more. When I pull away... So I meet a dom, and I want that fucking brutal, you fuck face, you fucking faggot, you <laughs> look at you doing this, ha, ha, ha. Like, I, I love that, absolutely love that. Um, if I never message the dom again, it's usually because I feel quite scared, like very scared at, at the amount of gravity this person has, or I sense, I sense, an, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I sense an immaturity not in the sense of this is childlike, etc., but I sense a person who doesn't have a bigger perspective inside of them or doesn't have that bigger picture story inside of them. I think those people I meet usually are the image of what I want. And the doms that I continue to converse with, I get an intuition that they are multifaceted and they actually are thinking about what's going on with me. For example, this Canadian guy I was talking to for years online. Oh my God. He was a, a dom. And listeners might not know this, but when I climax, I get, um, it's the little death. It's a real, it's a sadness after I climax, which is quite intrusive. It only lasts for about an hour or so. It's commonly, it can last <laughs> for days. Oh Yeah. I feel like a horrible, it's horrible. <laughs> I've had to learn to mask it. It's, <laughs> it's very common. I've got no shame in it. It was, it was the, 
the main focus for my arts major and I, I created art out of it, blah, 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 blah. Um, he knew, I, I, I told him that, you know, when I climax, I get regretful. I get, uh, I, I just feel something, probably shame. It's not shame. The closest word probably is shame, but it's not that. He would check in every time I, every time we would exchange text, he would check in and say, after I climax, he would say, how are you feeling? And I, and he would reference what I had opened up to him about. And, oh, my God, that, that's a dom who's really caring for my best interests. And we opened up so much throughout these years, probably three years. Um, we met on kick, and I deleted kick a few times. And I would every time I'd go back on kick after, like, seven months, I would search. And anyone who knows kick, it's now old school, which is a bit sad to say because it isn't what it used to be. Anyone who knows kick knows how hard it could be to find one person and this person didn't have a profile picture or a username. I know I'm going on a tangent, Indy, so, Indy sorry. But um, it's so hard to find them. And we found each other, re-found each other twice over three or four years. And it was a real yes. Like, yeah, we, I found you. Thank God. Thank God. Um, he was a dom, I think, who really harnessed that magician energy as well. Magician being that caring, teaching wise energy as well as harnessing both his own sadistic um and tyrannical sides so he was a much more full uh, mature version of these archetypal images i'm attracted to mm. and i think that the exchange here is resonant of that as well because even as i'm saying uh where have i got it oh i love the paper <laughs> do it again indeed oh, well, I have oh to, wow I, <laughs> this is old makes school. you afraid bitch boy so i'm using the sadist but i'm also being of that caring looking yep. at what's going on for you yeah the wise the wise yeah magician is we spoke about this viewers before the episode magician is such an archaic word it's very like what and it's hard to get a new word for magician. Like the wise is quite nice. I like the wise. Mm. Yeah. But in that one sentence, as you just said, what are you afraid of? That's the wise bitch boy. Now he needs, I need that saddest bully front to connect. As soon as I sense too much that the Dom is caring and likes me for who I am. <laughs> I'm all the healthy stuff. <laughs> yeah, all the healthy stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I switch off. So I need someone who presents as the saddest, who's not going to take away the words of bitch boy, fuckface, faggot. I need someone who's going to keep that up whilst behind that either asks the, the more deeper caring questions or their intention is deeply caring which may not come through in every session like the guy in, in Canada I knew his intention he was for the greater good of both of us he wasn't necessarily the greater good for himself which what is what attracts me is like I want a dom who cares for himself and is selfish but another part of me to make it integrated to make it work is I need a dom who I know deep down is actually in the greater good for both of us as much as I hate that 
but I, you know, because I want to be reduced down to a rug and a toilet seat. <laughs> and it would compete with that mentality if I knew that he deeply cared for me in a sense. Now, the, so, the, yeah. So let me, so <laughs> I think that there is, I think what you're saying there is essentially you needing that balance between the harsh sadist and the person who's there in some way that is able to take care of your needs, but you mostly don't want to know that that's happening. <laughs> you just want to be having the trust and faith that it's there in the background. Yeah. Can, I just say, can I just say that as a dominant, this is a tricky balance that I'm finding myself in a lot of the time because I pick up on that. I sense that. How do I know that? Because when I'm a raging dominant who's in my highness, I have two personas. I do more goddess, which is very dominant and harsh and all that stuff. But my highness part of me is the really fucked up sadist. (laughs) When I'm harnessing and I get into the highness more when I'm just really angry or I'm going through a hard time and I'm just like, fuck everything. (laughs) Or I'm angry at my sub. I hate him for some reason. Maybe not that. But anyway, so what I'm trying to say is when I'm in the really harsh, the energy I'm putting out is so attractive. I see that the, the subs kind of almost they sit up in their chair when it's that, that really harsh kind of thing. But what I'm trying to say as well is that I sometimes when I'm communicating with submissives, I do wait because it's often by online text exchange, I often might have something like, what the fuck do you want? Fuck off. And I hesitate to think, should I send this? Is this too much? Will they actually then fuck off? Because that's not what I really want. I just want them to feel demeaned. You want to put them in their place. I want to put them in their place. And every time I've thought, oh, should I send this? I've done it anyway. (laughs) And I've always gotten a positive response. So as an example of this, I went away for a while. I had a submissive who was obviously wondering when I'd been back. And his first contact is, is the goddess back from her trip? Keeping in mind the way he's written it is capital G for goddess and capital of H for her. Good. He's well-trained. So my reply, and this is what I agonised a little bit about, is I said, I am back, slut. What the fuck do you want? (laughs) (laughs) His reply is, goddess, I was wondering if you're free soon to meet up. And so I thought sending something like that, is he going to just freak out? (laughs) Is he going to (laughs) say, how could you ever say? No. So I think it's dominant. All I want to say there is that we, I, can only speak about myself here, I do think carefully about that. Sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, Michael, how about yourself? You've we've talked a bit about the magician that I can harness. When when do you think you felt you've been able to harness that? Yeah. So I have, as you know, explored being dominant and submissive. Um, I had a sub for a probably good year, year and a half. It was quite a serious exchange. Uh, he was very devoted. He knew I was submissive, but he felt he saw a dominant quality in me and I and I uh, enjoyed bringing that side out of me 
over time, though, I see. I sit on the premise. This is this is BDSM reimagined, indeed. So this is, this goes a bit deeper here. But I think, for me personally, what I really want is a dom to teach me that there are no doms. <laughs> That's a big statement. Mm. And I'll and I'll I'll explore that in this example because this this is what I did with this guy. So he came to me uh, because he was attracted to the way I, was, I looked. I I used all that language of you know what's up faggot and I'm talking now. Shut up, piss off now. So I, I used all that language. I had that persona of that real tyrannical um, form. Uh, he loved it. We would meet a number of times. There would be a lot of um, domestic exchanges. Sometimes he would buy me gifts, which I felt a bit uncomfortable about because I knew I wasn't completely dom, yet he knew that. So it was, for me, inside, it was a bit of um, uh, a tension there. Over time, though, I started to open up a lot more and tell him some of my inner conflicts, what's going on with me inside. And it eventuated that I told him that this person that he he admires and looks up to so much as a dominant doesn't actually exist. And that's an important reality to bear. Essentially, what I did was I, I took my mask off Mm. And said, "I'm I am a human. I'm not a god. I'm a human." And I say that sort of half jokingly, but also sort of seriously. We, I mean, all that language of goddess, superior, the father, like daddy, even the father. All that language is it's it's it it touches on those mythical notes. But I took that godlike mask off, and I said, "I'm human. I'm flawed. I'm not actually a dominant. The doms that you are after don't." actually exist in that perfect form that you think they do it's almost feeling like a scooby-doo moment any way you can weave scooby-doo into an episode <laughs> the amount of times <laughs> i've had to edit that out joking what do you mean <laughs> well the reason i say it's scooby-doo is there's always that bit at the end where they unmask the villain and there's someone who's there who's pretty human that's that's exactly it the scary ghost. It's so terrifying, but I'm attracted to it. I want to chase after it and and know about it. And but and then at the at the last moment, they they take off that white cloak of the the the, the ghost with its stupid eyes cut out, and it's boom. It's a friend, like or it's the guy that you met at the shop the other week. It's it's revealed mm. and exposed. And I was telling this guy over the year and a half that slowly, with that language of the saddest. Hey, fuckface, good to speak. Why haven't you done this yet? Blah, blah, blah. Slowly um, meshing that with actually, I I, uh, I feel bad about this and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I think that was much more closer to a, a reality of how people actually are. Uh, maybe I'm just not good at, at performance for a long time or, you know. It sounds as if though I'm saying that doms don't really exist and all these people who take on those characters aren't really there. But I, I just think what I'm tr trying to say is... I think it's that we're multidimensional, mm. right? Mm. Yeah. And I wanted that to be seen. But I have that fear of if that is seen, then subs will lose interest. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. One one important part of that whole thing was I think there was an addictive 
element that started to creep in. This is my own, I don't know if that actually was the case, but I sense an obsessive, addictive sort of way, uh, path. And I wanted to dismantle that. By, on his part. On his part. And again, I, I, I haven't actually spoken to him about this, so it could be a bit unfair, but my own worries, my own paranoia was thinking, hmm, is this person getting a bit too addictive? Therefore, I need to start to reveal to him, actually, look, this image that you're worshipping, that I that I worship, I worship the same image that he did, um, doesn't exist in the way that we, that it that doesn't truly exist. And that was my magician moment, which is to tell him, actually, doms don't exist. And it's a confronting reality to have, in a, in a sense. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, know. yeah. So ultimately, you were able to get this guy to see that the ideal he had of you was just that. And it was really good that you were talking about you were able to notice the because I think as the dominant you can you're the one in the you're the one controlling the projection of the image you're the one putting it on of course the submissive's feeding it and flaming it but because you're the one putting it on you can see how much someone might someone might be overtaken by it and maybe that's what you were sensing and so you took that responsible road of becoming more like the magician I think you always were I think you were I think that's an interesting part about this conversation is that how much is it that you can really categorize this I think it's uh, it's just those forms we move in and out of that we where where they're all there. I kind of see it as that the sadist is at the front, but the magician's right there behind you, or well, the magician's right there standing next to the sadist. It's not it's not like it's just like they're having different relationships with each other. Yeah, yeah. We have all these energies in us at all times. It's about which ones to use at the right times and and for what purpose. Ah, so now the third year lecture part of the beginning of this is making more sense. <laughs> I knew what I was doing the whole time. I purposely started as confusing as ever oh. just to get to this point. <laughs> um, so, Michael, I've got a feeling we're finished. We have, Indy. And I would like to finish with my, my favourite verse of uh, Rilke, Rilke Poetry. Everyone knows, everyone, yeah, everyone knows I like Rilke. And what I am going to read you, it's about five lines. Now it's translated from German, so all the rhyme and metric is out of it. But this, for me, captures exactly what the subs are, what I am feeling when I meet that beautiful image that I want to worship. Will you let me do this, Cindy? Of course. I'm raring to hear it. Good. Now, just for the context, Rilke uses the word angel. So we need to swap that word in our heads with the word uh, dom. It's part of the first elegy out of his 10 elegies that he wrote. And just in context, he was deeply depressed. It took him 10 years to write these poems. And he was in a deep depression, walking along a castle, and in his own diaries this verse this elegy tore through him and he wrote it down in a feverish state so it was that sudden moment of genius and it's considered his greatest work the elegies all the um 
songs to Orpheus, but this is this is it. So let's get to mm. it. Who, if I cried out, would hear me among the angels' hierarchies? And even if one of them pressed me suddenly against his heart, I would be consumed in that overwhelming existence. For beauty is nothing but the beginning of terror, which we still are just able to endure. And we are so awed because it serenely disdains to annihilate us. Every angel is terrifying. Michael, what a fantastic note to end on. Mm. Love it. We'll unpack that in the extras, I'm sure. Mm. Thanks, everyone. And this has been a really good conversation. We would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, I always like hearing anything that you might have to say. Definitely uh, email, YouTube, Twitter, all of that. Um, (laughs) Until then, take care. Take care, everyone.